Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Matt, I'm, I'm starting to feel more like an athlete again. <laughs> okay, that's, I like that. <laughs> not that, uh, you know, not that I, I, would, I ever stopped running or ever stopped being an athlete, I guess, but... Um, not another feeling. You go in and out. Yeah, you, you kind of go in and out. And you can even... So I've gone through periods where I feel like I'm doing a great job with running and not really feeling like an athlete. Just kind of mm-hmm. logging in long, long, slow miles and, right. you know, being a good runner, at least for, for the purposes I'm going for, but not really athletic in the process. So what do yeah. you... Yeah. Clarify, yeah. please. Well, <laughs> well I've, I've, focused, I've been focusing my training a little bit more. I've um, been doing a bit of speed work. I've been uh, doing a couple two days um wow when i when i you know it's unnecessary two days when it's not like normally i wouldn't recommend that for most people unless you just kind of hit your max of what you can do in a single workout a day yeah um but you know for me it's more like i only have 45 minutes this morning and then i have 45 minutes this evening and instead of just running once i'm getting out for a second run i like that and, really like uh, that yeah and um you know, doing the strength work again and just, I don't know, you know, I know we're not going to mention disc golf, but I've been playing more disc golf. So I just, feel, I just, I'm feeling like, I'm feeling more like a, a an active athlete. Oh, I've, oh, I've gotten into back into a regular yoga practice too. Wow. Look at yeah. you. Way to go. I know. I know. So it's feeling good. And, you know, rumor has it that you're, you're kind of quite the well-rounded athlete <laughs> well, these days as well. A little bit. Yes. But hold on. I want to, I want to get back to this thing. I know we're not going to mention disc golf again, but <laughs> we are going to mention it again. Uh, so I had not really considered that to be an athletic pursuit. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not trying to bash it. I'm not trying to uh, make a joke here. I, that just sort of seemed to me to be in the realm of a uh, hobby sort of thing, like, like, like bowling, but not as strenuous as that. <laughs> not, at least, you know, you, know well, you, you walk at least probably a mile and a okay. half. Well, walking is good, right? Sure, you know? that's good. That, that is definitely active, and I like that. Um. And it's and probably hilly, probably a hilly walk. So sort hilly of a blue walk, zone, blue zone style workout. You know, there's some, uh, you know, if I throw it in the creek, there's some like hopping on logs and fishing oh, things out. Some creek crossings. Some creek crossings. No, you know the way. Here's why it feels like an athletic pursuit to me. And okay. I should say that there's no. I mean, of course, I'm trying to get better, I guess. But there's no like, it's not at all in the same realm of running where I'm focused on time and right. place and you know. Which is very important, and an upcoming top episode we're going to do, I think, yes. about uh, about hobbies and sort of things that, or and we've done that before, but but a new there's there's a, another guy in the world who's writing articles about that, so yeah, that will be good. Um, but but here's why I think it is kind of an athletic pursuit, and that is because I practice it. You know, like I do drills, and um, mm-hmm. you know, I, f- I focus on form and release, and like you know, arm speed. Mm-hmm. wrist speed all that kind of stuff in that um i mean i guess like painting right you you like practice that and you might do some training around that and that's not really a sport or that's not at all yeah or like violin playing or like you violin might you might true. practice yeah. it but no I, I there's a there's a fine line there it's a gray area there's no good definition of what's a sport and what's a skill i, I hear it debated right. all the time. people talk about golf i've heard sports radio guys talk about golf people who are into golf talk about it just being a skill not really a sport mm-hmm. and i forget what the reasons are but I think chess has been an Olympic sport, hasn't it? Or is going to or something? I, I don't know about that. I don't sure. know. It's, 
Yeah, but it, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I I go out and I've been trying to do five times a week. I've been trying to do forty putts. I have a basket in the backyard, mm-hmm. forty to fifty putts. Just you know, that doesn't that hardly takes any time at all. It takes ten minutes. But a putt is um, uh, where you take the the heavy little putter thing. Heavy yeah, you disc. take a, a disc that is designed to be a putter, so it flies. It's it flies a shorter distance. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad we're not going to talk about disc golf in the day. <laughs> <laughs> but it's more stable and it goes straighter, so you can kind of. You rely on it better. So, you know, I go out and, and throw 40 to 50 putts just to kind of get that motion, you know. And so then it feels more like a sport because you're, like, practicing yeah, it, right? I get that. And, and I think that's cool. So I did not – I didn't mean any criticism. Yeah. I think uh, – yeah, I think I, I know what you mean by that feeling of having something where you are into it. You know what I'm into it for, for that reason, which is kind of interesting? Um, soccer. I've mentioned that before. I did, I did not <laughs> sign up to play – this People year, we're gonna or, get so bored of that. I know we stopped listening. To it. <laughs> uh, so I didn't sign up for fall soccer because I was okay. just, I was kind of just feeling out of shape. The fields are all messed up here because of the flood. So we're on. I think I mentioned the wicked weed field, how it's not that nice, yep. but they did step up and offer it and all that. So anyway, I said I'm gonna take a, a semester off or whatever, a season off of it. But I, what I've been doing is getting up with my son every morning because he's super, super dedicated and he's really good, as I've said before. And we've been doing these footwork drills. In the morning, we bought this guy. There's this YouTuber, of course, who uh, who has a little footwork series, the seven day series. But each day is hard. It takes a, more than a day to master each day. So we get up early and we do that for like 12 or 15 minutes. And it's not athletic for me, really. Cause, I mean, I guess eventually I'll apply it to the sport more. But I, it's just fun to like be focusing on the way you're moving your body. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I know exactly what you mean. And I like having a practice like that. I totally get it. And uh, whether or not it's a sport is sort of sort of irrelevant. Doesn't doesn't really matter, right? Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, absolutely. But you know, I think that it it plays into the the focusing on my body and movement plays into me feeling more athletic. I mean, yoga I wouldn't call that a sport uh, at all. It's a practice, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's a way to move your body. Um, but it it still plays into this new feeling, this newfound feeling of or refound feeling of feeling. Yes, rediscovery. Rediscovery of my athleticism. Totally. Funny that you mentioned that because uh, I'm going through exactly the same thing right now, mm. uh, which I don't think you even really knew. I told you that I was running again. I told you that I had I had been trying out this different martial arts thing, like an MMA gym where they do Muay Thai, oh. and uh, that's been really fun. I've really enjoyed that a little bit. Way no, you know, not the formality and etiquette of. Uh, the traditional martial arts like here you just show up in t-shirts and running shorts and just you know punch each other and stuff it's fun and <laughs> wait so, so is it is, are you fighting people i mean i'm not i'm not in any fights but i'm you have a partner and you have either pads or gloves and you're hitting the whole time and kicking huh but you're doing it under control like you're not supposed to try to hit the person outside of the pad right right right, right of course but i mean it's it's to go there for an hour and and like get kicked in the stomach while you're holding these pads it's still jarring and you leave there feeling really exhilarated, like in a way that I didn't feel from the other martial arts, which is more, more like a yoga practice, honestly. Sort of, right? N- not about getting kicked in the stomach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, anyway, that's been fun. Uh, but the running has been good. I've been trying to avoid bears, which is still just a, a nightmare problem. They're just everywhere. It's, I mean, maybe not. Maybe not for most people. For me, it's a nightmare problem. They're everywhere. And if I run during certain times, I can avoid them. I think they only tend to come out in the mornings and nights, and uh, that's been good. So back to that but it's it kind of came as a result and i i always like this feeling it just i don't it's i wish i could bottle it and make it happen on command but it is when 
you get this sense of momentum and this kind of spiral of things happening. Not a not a vicious circle, but the opposite thing, where you start eating a little bit better, and then you want to start working out a little bit more, and then you start wanting to drink less alcohol, perhaps, and you know, I'm just I'm just in that mode, and it's sort of contagious. Aaron's the same way right now, uh, and it just feels like we're getting healthy again after a few months of just of being much more lenient with with choices and and exercise and all that. So that's been think, really good. Do you think that's yes. in part because of the season, the change in season? It, you know, I I really don't know. That's a great question. I, I've had this feeling before. Often for me, it's it's like January, February. I feel it. You know, usually because it's like one New Year's resolution that you Mm -hmm. try to stick to, and then it it just turns into everything else going well. Uh, I don't know. I think it's part of the the life seasons, Doug, one of our favorite themes. It's, you know, you you tend, at least I tend to very heavily swing back and forth between lazy and sedentary and eating junk. Well, not, I mean, relatively speaking, but, uh, and then just being all into it. So I have no doubt that in a few months I'll be out of it again. (laughs) Yeah. You know, uh, it's kind of a tangent here. The um, Katie and I were at the grocery store the other day, picking up some food, and I was like in the processed uh, vegan meat section. And I was oh, I, let some, me guess. You decided what? to stop vegan meat Fridays. Stop vegan meat Fridays. Don't no. you, don't you have vegan meat Fridays? And we, I told you it was no good. Yeah, yeah, we do. It's not quite as formal as Fridays anymore, but um, oh, okay. But, you know, I was, like, getting some, and I was we were talking about what to... I was like, oh, we should make a big, like, pancake and sausage breakfast tomorrow for the weekend. And and she made this little off-comment of, like, you sure are getting comfortable with those, <laughs> with those, uh, with those vegan meats? And and it was, like, it, like, stung. I was like, no. <laughs> you know, I don't want to be... I don't want her thinking that about me. <laughs> I know. It's so easy, though. It, it is so it easy. It really is. Yeah, but, but it kind of like lit this fire in me. And so the other day we were making um, this dish that we normally do put vegan meat into. And um, and I was like, no, I'm refusing to do that, really. <laughs> the thing about the vegan meat is like I don't – I try to always avoid the, the soy protein ones, the ones that are just pro- – have protein, protein isolates in them. Mm-hmm. The ones that are just made of seitan where it's basically take flour and you rinse the starch off of flour and you're left with – Weak gluten, which makes satan. I mean, that's it. That's all there is in it. So it's mm-hmm. it seems sort of minimally processed. It's kind of easy to you can do it at home. I, I it's like I just haven't seen evidence that says wheat gluten by itself is bad for you. Right? I know I know refined flour is not good, but it's like I don't know. It, 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 it by my definition of junk food, it is that because it is not whole food anymore. Right. I I haven't quite seen the evidence that says if you eat eating vegan, vegan meat, it's going to be bad for you. Yeah. But I do believe that it is. <laughs> well it just doesn't it, it doesn't it's not good for you right right it's not it's not it's, the not, best it's not that it's it might it's you know it's arguable whether it's bad for you but it's definitely it's protein not. though it's 100 percent protein oh, that's true i it's, mean it's, it's, it's funny that it's freaking like, delicious i mean there's a uh, the yeah. no evil foods which is a which is um a wheat gluten which is say taitan yep um those are just so good they are <laughs> by the way they just got into uh walmart they're going to be rolled Walmart? out, rolled out in 250 Walmart stores across the country. Oh, that is awesome! I know, really awesome. They're a local Asheville company. I don't think people know that. Yeah, they're in. I think all Ingles now as well. Yep, they're everywhere. And uh, what's good about them is that compared to Field Roast, is that they don't automatically have a ton of fat in them. Maybe they'll change the recipe as they try to reach a more mainstream audience. 
but mm-hmm. they're pretty much just kind of flavored wheat gluten and flavors it tastes pretty good when you sear it in a pan it's actually not bad at all but uh the field rose has like 15 grams of fat per sausage and it's from some kind of oil that's not not the one i would use so i like that about them um but yeah they're good and it's you know once every week or two or whatever it, it is really good i'll give you that yeah but it's not health food that's the important thing just know that it's not health food when you eat it yeah, yeah. but then eat it sometimes <laughs> but then eat it if you want it <laughs> yeah yeah just don't just don't fool yourself but when your wife calls you out on it because you're eating too much <laughs> she didn't she didn't like poke you or your stomach or something as you all right. So anyway, um, this is going somewhere. Actually, this this so the real spark for me that said time time to start getting serious is so we have these friends. They're Aaron's friends from her family from a long time ago, and they always visit us. And we have they're also really into wine, and so are Aaron and me. Um, yeah, kind of. We're we're into it. We're not by any means experts, but we like drinking it. I really like Italian wines, as I've mentioned before. Um, so we have fun with them. We're sort of their wine friends and their our wine friends. And, and when we get together, it's increasingly like they come stay for a week and they're older than us. They're like mid 65, 70 years old. And we will drink five bottles of wine in a night with four people. And which is, which is not, which isn't an insane amount, but we'll do it for six days straight. Uh-huh. And so that happened again. And this time I was like, I, I, of course I enjoy it. It's fun. I like it. But this time, by about the third day, I was like, I just can't do this anymore. I got to slow down. And I said, well, I'm not going to because they're here, and we're going to keep, you know, this is what they expect. This is fun. But after this, I'm I'm going on a serious, you know, low-alcohol campaign. And that is actually what was sort of the this, this starting of this fitness thing for me. That's kind yeah. of what said, you know, it just made me feel better. When I suddenly didn't have a beer, and I, and I wasn't drinking much. I would drink one beer a day. But when I wasn't drinking that and I went, you know, five nights in a row without that, it was just suddenly, see, you start to change. I've, I've mentioned this before. For me, I have a mood change and my mood is better and I'm happier when I don't even have that, even just one drink. Because one drink in Asheville, local Asheville beer, you're typically talking about six and a half percent plus. You can, you can choose beers intelligently to not have that. But, you know, that's more like two drinks by some definitions, or at least a drink and a half, uh, yeah. which we can talk about in a minute. But... I don't know. It to me, it's it's always surprising, but it shouldn't be surprising that I start experiencing this, you know, lighter mood, feeling more uplifted, motivated to do stuff, and I don't know. So anyway, that that has played into all this, and that uh, is is the segue into what we want to talk about today, which is it the is. headline that has been all over the place that it seems like everyone knows about. Doug, I don't think you knew about it. Somehow you, <laughs> somehow you, the guy who reads the news and does all that, mm-hmm. didn't see it, and me, the guy who doesn't, did. Um. As you said, maybe it doesn't fit into your worldview and you blocked it out. Yeah, that's quite possible. But the headline actually is is not as bad as it seems or as damning as it seems. Uh, the headline that is everywhere is no amount of alcohol is safe. There's no level of safe drinking, things like that. So I want to talk about that a little bit. I want to talk just about, uh, for some reason, this, this topic is always interesting to me. I think it's because there's this... Um, uh, what is it? That dynamic sort of push-pull thing that I really like having one drink per day, and I really like the idea of this picture of the Blue Zones world where a nice glass of red wine or some other alcohol, but usually red wine, um, fits into this whole healthy lifestyle. 
and it's nice and you sit down at the table and you have a great plant-based meal rich with legumes and vegetables and a nice glass of red wine and it actually helps you with absorption of those nutrients uh maybe even scrubs your arteries a bit as dan butner kind of you know insinuates in uh in blue zones um so i i always like that at the same time i'm always i try to not be biased and not let that bias me so i i always like finding studies that that you know demonstrate with some certainty that alcohol is not safe even in small amounts in terms of you do increase your risk um even with just one drink per day so i something about that interplay i always find fascinating and whenever there's new alcohol science i am interested to read it um what we've talked about on this podcast before i know at least once probably twice we've mentioned the idea that so there was there was this a couple of studies actually that showed that just looking at overall mortality rate found that people who drink uh they looked at people who drink zero drinks one two three four five or six drinks per day and compared them all in terms of how long they are likely to live not controlling for any other factors or anything else and when they did that they found that the people who drank zero drinks per day actually did not live as long as those who drank one, two, three, four, or I think even those who drank five drinks per day, which was crazy to me. Yeah. Um, but according to those studies, one drink was the best amount. Like that was that was your lowest mortality rate, one daily drink, and then it would climb upwards from there. But even at five, as I said, didn't get to the mortality rate of zero drinks per day. But then, and so that was fun to learn, of course, right? Everyone <laughs> talked about that. Um, but then I saw, I think I first saw this on Dr. Gregor. I'm sure he didn't do the analysis, but he he broke it down. And it turned out that the big flaw in that one was that the reason, if you control for people who stop drinking because they are sick and because the doctor says you have to stop drinking because you have cancer or because you have whatever, um, you know, whatever serious health problem is urgent enough that you have to stop drinking now, if you, if you don't count those people in your zero drinking group, then suddenly that whole interesting effect is gone and it's that zero drinks per day is the lowest mortality rate and the others so you take out the people who are already sick yes who drank zero drinks because they're because they were sick yeah now what i don't know can i don't know if they took when they quote unquote control for this do they take out the people who are already sort of sick from the one two three four and five groups because that's not quite fair to remove those people from the zero so i don't know about that i don't know if they controlled for that part but anyway you can you can kind of erase that interesting effect just by taking those people out of that group um so that was kind of interesting. Let's see. Blue Zones, as I mentioned, talks about alcohol as being part of a healthy diet, healthy lifestyle uh, in moderation, of course. And the thing about moderation with alcohol is that the moderation seems to have a have a reduction in risk of heart disease and even diabetes, even according to this newest study. And this newest study, by the way, which, which made all these headlines, was part of the Global Burden of Disease study, which is a long, you know, multi-year thing. I've mentioned that before for... For other things, such as reasons why we should eat more fruit, why we should eat less salt, and I think why we should eat more beans. But anyway, it's an interesting study. They, they're just trying to figure out what are the why are why are we sick as a population. Um, and so anyway, this one this was a, a um, meta analysis. So they looked at all the alcohol studies that have been done, like the ones we're talking about. Looked at all that stuff, any kind of data. There's all sort of observational data. These aren't experiments that are designed to test and carefully control for things you just look at populations and you and you look at you know how sick they get and how much alcohol they drink and you put it together so this study does not do anything that would distinguish between red wine versus beer 
Um, you know, if whether you drink the your alcohol with your meal or with family, uh, you know, there are a lot and lots of subtleties that would be missed by an observational analysis like this. Um, but anyway, even this study, this new one that made all these headlines, did find that there was a reduction in heart disease and diabetes risk with very small amounts of drinking, like one drink per day. Um, but where these headlines came from is that is that the study determined or decided, I guess, I guess they determined that the risks of all the other health problems, cancer being the prominent one, um, but others as well, including car crashes and self-harm and all this other stuff that happens when you drink, um, you know, out of control. Um, they found that all that outweighed whatever benefit there might be from heart disease. So again, like, yes, that benefit outweighs that, but if you're someone who <clears throat> heart disease is, runs in your family and that's your particular risk, much more than cancer, um, you know, th then there's nothing here that says, you know, for you specifically, drinking one drink a day is not a good idea. I also, I also noticed, and I think it's worth noting here that um, I should, I don't know exactly the, I think it was 35 and under. Mm -hmm. If you're 35 and under, then the risk is like, the highest risk is car crashes and stuff like that. Yes. Um, but and, you don't have much longer being 35 and under, do you? <laughs> <laughs> what do you have another year of that in that range you know two years two years okay yeah, so. all right so i paid attention to the other group because i'm i'm yeah. in the other group uh and i noticed that in the 50 plus group alcohol was the i mean not alcohol cancer was the the big one that was the biggest factor or the biggest killer um this, this study i mean they they did they did not mince word they they said something that this was a not a global health crisis but you know things on that you know, on that, uh, or of that magnitude. It's, uh, statements like that about drinking. Um, and let's see, it, I think they said it was the single biggest cause of of death, right? Am I wrong about that? Yeah, let's see, I'm looking at it right here. So it, so I wasn't, I was wrong, 35. So all the way up to 49. So yeah. from ages 15 to 49, uh, leading cause of death is tuberculosis, road injuries, and self-harm. Mm-hmm. And then right. for 50 plus, blah, da, 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 alcohol attributes to death is the uh, very large proportion. Doesn't it just says large proportion. Okay. Um, so not sure. Anyway, if you want to look this study up yourself, by the way, it's it's published in the Lancet, and uh, if you just look at the Lancet, the title is "Alcohol Use and Burden for 195 Countries and Territories." Um. So let's see. As I said, didn't didn't distinguish between beer, red wine, and I have I've heard it thought before that, uh, or posited before, I guess, that people who drink red wine, so red wine has been shown to be somewhat safer. It's it's as if this this risk for cancer and things like that, uh, and especially cancer, is almost negated if if your drink of choice is red wine. Uh, I've heard people speculate that that is because of the resveratrol in red wine, which is also just in grapes, by the way, you don't have to get it from, from wine, uh, that in some way that it challenged the cells and so that the weakest cells, the ones that were most likely to become, um, what's the word here? Not mutilated, but become cancerous, mutated. cancerous. What's that? Mutated? Yes, exactly. Um, that, that it would actually, the, somehow they would actually kill those cells rather than letting them mutate. So basically removing the weakest from the population of cells uh, or the ones that were at highest risk. So I've heard that people suggest it might be that. Other people have suggested that it's probably not a causation thing. It's probably just that the people who drink red wine uh, are better off than people who 
drink beer or hard alcohol and have other factors in their lives that, that I should say better off financially, uh, and have other factors in their lives that, that, you know, are what's keeping them appearing to be healthier than those who drink beer and liquor. I wonder, I wonder how true that is. Yeah, we don't know. Be, uh, like how true that, uh, you know, here in America, I would say that, you know, you think of red wine as being kind of a uppity alcoholic drink, right? Mm-hmm. Not uppity, but, um, yeah. you know, High classier than, yeah. than beer mm-hmm. and liquor. But, you know, I would say like when, when I lived in Chile, you know, I mean, the the drink of choice to people who, you know, couldn't afford nice drinks was, you know, really bad red wine. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So that, yeah, that's that's a great point. So I don't know if anyone has ever done that sort of thing to try to control for, you know, status or wealth or anything like that. Um, but that that is a, that would be a good reason to doubt that it is, you know, that, that that idea is uh, colored by the fact that people who are better off drink red wine. Right. Anyway. But I don't know. Who knows? Who, knows? who really knows? Yeah. So, well, so there's a great New York Times article about this. Um, okay. And this is what I actually wanted to talk about most. The, the headline in the New York Times is, Study Causes Splash, But Here's Why You Should Stay Calm on Alcohol's Risks. And there are several, alcohol, several studies like this. Because the, the headline went all over the place. Uh, mm-hmm. And then lots of people who really like drinking, it seems, wrote articles that showed why it wasn't so bad. <laughs> but um, I did happen to see those articles. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> saw tons of those. Um, anyway, this one in the New York Times, though, is really good. Um, let's see. What I wanted to mainly talk about was he. So the the big headline that there's no safe level of drinking. I've tried to figure out what what does that exactly mean. Like, what is the rationale for that? I think what it is is that they can show statistically significant risk even at one level. It's not that there's some level that's safe, and once you cross this threshold, then it becomes unsafe. Um, you know, I don't know if it's that. I don't know if it's that they think there's a linear relationship as opposed to sort of an exponential one where it, after a certain point, you know, the, the curve goes vertical in terms of people who get sick. Um, trying to figure out exactly what that is. But in this New York Times article, they actually break down uh, some of the numbers in the study. And this is what I found most interesting. He says, for each set of 100,000 people who have one drink a day per year, 918 can expect to experience one of the 23 alcohol-related problems in any year. So roughly one in 100, uh, 1% will expect, in a year, can expect to have one of these problems that are called alcohol-related. But of those who drink nothing, 914 can expect to experience one of those same problems. So what that means is that the difference, and the other number was 918. So that means that only four out of 100,000 can we actually say that drinking caused them to have a problem per year. Drinking their one drink per day caused them a health and problem. Four out of 100,000? Four in 100,000, yes. Tiny percentage, right? Tiny percentage. Right. So that's sort of interesting. That I mean, that does not mean the same thing to me as those headlines mean. Right. Right. That sounds to me like one drink a day is a safe level of drinking. Mm-hmm. I guess it depends on what's the definition of safe, right? Does safe mean there is zero risk? Uh, I don't know if this, if they're looking at statistical significance. I would think that four in hundred thousand is not statistically statistically significant, depending on, um, yeah. you know, how exactly they're calculating that. But anyway, so that that number is very low. Uh, then they point out that at two drinks per day, the number experiencing the problem increased to nine hundred seventy-seven. So now you're talking about uh, about sixty, something like sixty-three people or so, uh, 
in the year who drink one drink per day will have an, an extra problem that someone who drinks zero drinks two would drinks not. per day two drinks per day yeah so now you're talking about what 65 people out of a hundred thousand in a year who will have a problem because they drank so that's that that's, seems pretty insignificant it seems pretty insignificant but then you think that's per year and if you do this for a decade then you've got 10 times that much chance and it's not quite fair to say you have 10 times that much chance but no. because it could be the people who get sick are the ones who are going to get sick but i don't know i think then it becomes a little bit bigger then if it's if you're talking about a decade you've got 650 and 100,000 about you know half a chance out of a out of 100 um of having something that's not that's not nothing but it's also pretty small it's like hunger games i'm reading hunger games to my to my son these days and uh <laughs> prim had only one entry in, in thousands some people had had tons of entries in the drawing because they had taken this grain and oil for their families but uh prim <laughs> got picked <laughs> proof that it can happen to anyone proof proof <laughs> that alcohol is bad for you anyway but here's but here's the kicker doug so i know you're loving this stat right yeah, you're, you're no, ready totally. to go crack i'm feeling good beer. i'm ready. ready to just start drinking let's do it I already have uh Oh, one more thing. They say, this is New York Times still interpretation of it. Even at five drinks per day, which most agree is too much, the vast majority of people are unaffected. So I don't know what that means. I don't know. Of course, it's a majority are unaffected. I don't know what vast majority means. Um, that's not I, I, quite enough. See, even even me, who who is uh, who is not afraid to say that I enjoy alcohol, <laughs> um, <laughs> I you know, five drinks a day, You maybe, maybe your health risks are, are unaffected, but the rest of your life will definitely be affected. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. All right, but but Doug, before you before you get too giddy about that thought, here, okay. listen, you're not gonna like this one. No, no, the definition. I think the definition. <laughs> we just we just not say it. Okay, <laughs> Doug, you you hang up now. Okay. <laughs> um, I'll plug my ears here. <laughs> la, 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 la. The definition of a drink in this meta analysis, this big giant meta analysis of lots and lots of alcohol studies. The definition of a drink is a beer, as far as beer goes, 12 ounces of a beer that's 3.5% alcohol. 3.5? So that means if you drink a 7% beer, 12 ounces, a can or a bottle of 7% beer, and you call that your nightly drink, that's two drinks right there. If you go to a bar to get that drink and you have a pint of it, then, then, yeah, so that's another, what, another four-thirds you need to multiply that two times. Oh. And you're getting, you're getting up there close to three to so have two of those drinks in a day that's not two drinks you just have but that's five uh, and then your life is affected <laughs> and my entire yeah. life is affected oh, entire, no. yeah oh geez maybe i'm worse off than i thought right so uh, still you're still i mean three even at that level percent who's I drinking know. three and a half percent beer outside of utah yeah i know exactly i mean i guess if you drink bud light you're probably in what 4.2 3.8 but um, yeah that's strange i don't know if, i guess they're looking all over the world maybe low over the world they're not big on west coast style ipas and <laughs> they just, uh anyway but i mean it doesn't matter right yeah, it's not right, it's right. it doesn't matter how, you can define that however you want and then of course you would adjust the statistics but for those statistics which appear surprisingly favorable for one or two drinks per day given that scary headline right um that's with 3.5 percent so it not not quite as rosy for the alcohol drinkers as it may seem what is what is one drink of wine do you know one drink of wine is 3.4 ounces of wine that's 13 percent alcohol and most wine is in that 13 percent range you can get some that are 15 16 um but that's you know that's not a huge 3.4 is that isn't four ounces i thought that was a standard pour. so there's 750 milliliters in a bottle i think that's about 24 ounces so 
you know, that's like a sixth of that. Okay. Seventh. That's it's kind of a small glass. Some people pour glasses that are that are, you know, when those friends are here, mine. We, we pour one bottle and split it among four glasses, and that's it. Uh-huh. So, um, and then that uh, or one ounce of spirits that are forty percent alcohol. One ounce. One ounce. Yeah. Or ten grams of pure alcohol if that's your uh, if that's your thing. <laughs> If you're into Everclear. <laughs> That's your jam. <laughs> oh, man. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't like this. It's, it, oh, and by the way, this is for daily drinking. As soon as you start drinking, um, you, you can't just, you can't just say, well, I drink seven drinks on Saturday. So that's, that's one drink per day. It turns out that's way worse to do the seven drinks on Saturday than, aside from you feel way worse the next day. Uh, it, it actually is, your, your risks go way up. In all this, compared to spreading those out over time, it's much better know, to spread them out than spike them. Do you know if uh, you know if, if say you don't have a glass a day, but you might have, you know, three glasses a week uh, on three separate days? Does three that, glasses a week on three days. Yeah, so like uh, you know, f- Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, mm-hmm. I'm having a glass of wine. Does that? I would put say me more towards as the far as the study day? goes. If you have one drink every three days, or one drink every two days or so. Yeah. So that would be like half a drink per day. But remember, it's not quite as good if you drink it at once versus spreading it out. So right. I would say that I'd, I'd count that as three quarters drink per day. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. One 2.7% beer per day. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, I mean, it's it makes, it makes me want to not drink every day and not choose high alcohol beers. That's mm-hmm. what it does. But then it's like, but then it's like, why? I mean, part of the reason I like to have a beer is because a good beer is good, and it and it seems good, right? If if you gave me a Bud Light as my end of the day beer, I I probably wouldn't drink it. Not not because I am too good for that. It just doesn't have that enjoyment factor that I want from that. It's not that satisfying thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I guess the argument there that I'm trying to make is it's not the alcohol that's the reason I'm drinking. But I can see someone you know scoffing at that and saying yeah but it probably is the alcohol the reason you're drinking and it, <laughs> yeah. and it probably is right it's probably the combination of that it tastes good and it mellows you out right. um does whatever alcohol does and that's that's what it is. so i don't know it, it's that combination and when you start compromising you start getting like and you could do session ipas but they're they're not the same just not as satisfying yeah so yeah i don't know so i don't, I don't know what to take from this uh, other than and the New York Times article concludes, we need better studies, which is really true. I think there's so much in here that, that is, like I said in the beginning, this is not saying whether you drink your alcohol with meals or in the presence of friends. Because I think that's, people su- suggest that's what it is with the Blue Zones, is that the way people drink alcohol in those cultures that live so long, is it's in the it's correlated with so many other really healthy behaviors, like mm-hmm. social behaviors. It's not people drinking right. by themselves. So, um, yeah. We can't really can't really say much. I've I make lots of arguments in my head about having why one drink or two drinks is okay. I say things like, you know, I'll just make sure I run every day because running is anti-cancer. And that there's a new new topic, uh, new new study about that I saw recently that, that running is actually um, even like one two miles a day is uh, increases lifespan and it and it is significant. We should actually talk about that in a future episode. And it turns I, out that I did it, see that article as well. Yeah, because you wanted to see that one. Because I did. <laughs> Running will like make you live longer. But I saw on that one, Doug, it said that uh, the benefits of running, you know, being a marathon runner compared to one or two miles a day were nothing. And once right. you get beyond marathon level, it actually you start to you start to 
the benefits start to erode a little bit. See, I didn't see that part. <laughs> of course. <laughs> no, I, 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 I like did, the way you I didn't see that part. What did you say? I like the way you consume the news. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I did see that part as well. But, you know, but I, you know, I kind of figured, you know, I'm not running marathons every day. So right. I'm good. I don't think that's what they were saying. I think they were saying if, you, if you're training at that kind of distances. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, you know, what my argument to that is if, and people told me this before when i was when i was big into marathon running they would say you know that's bad for you to actually run marathons and i thought if i weren't running marathons i would not be running at all i wouldn't be at all interested in going out and running without that big goal and i think the net effect on my life is positive because of all the other things it does as we talked about you do one good thing and it starts to help everything else yeah so i pay that no mind um and i don't even but anyway that's true so but yeah so the I I've said other things like you know the green tea I I've, I've done things like I'm only going to have a drink as long as I had a cup of green tea that day and that would be my way of making sure that I did that and in my mind that sort of negates whatever problems alcohol have has um, I say things like well I eat a plant based diet and therefore you know one drink a day if there are extra risks from one drink per day surely overall as a diet I am better than average because of the way I eat. All that doesn't really matter, though, because no matter what you do, if you chose not to have the alcohol on top of that, you'd probably be a little bit better off. But it's only a very little bit. That's that's the lesson I think we can take here. It's not very much, and specific circumstances and specific, as I said, specific risk factors for you. Um, there is that heart disease and diabetes benefit at one drink per day that if, if that's your main concern compared to these other ones, um, you know, drinking one drink per day might be the right choice. And aside from that, it sometimes it feels pretty good, too. Yeah. You know, but I, I, we should also, I think we'd be doing a disservice to ourselves if we didn't mention that, uh, you know, in the same way that we have, I would say in general, we're pretty flexible with our, within the vegan diet. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, but I, part of the reason why I'm a strict vegan is because I, you know, I like those parameters um, and, you know, I like that structure. And, and, and I think that, a lot of people need that also around around alcohol and um they are much better off telling them some you know being not drinkers being non-drinkers than they would yeah. if they were like you know i'll just have one a night it's just one and then it becomes two and, and so forth and so on yes completely i mean alcoholism i don't know if you're talking about alcoholism specifically but uh yeah you know obviously if if you if you have the predisposition to alcoholism because you've been that before. I mean, you don't mess around with it, right? You don't even take one drink because who knows? It, it just might turn into suddenly you're drinking again all the time. Mm-hmm. So that, of course, doesn't apply to that. Um, but, you know, I think I think we should watch how... For me, the, I, I think there are a lot of people in Asheville, and of course everywhere, but I see a lot of people in Asheville for whom craft beer is their hobby. And yeah. I think there are a lot of people, could be wrong, uh, who drink three... 7% alcohol beers per day. And consider that nothing. Consider that, you know, part of the hobby. They're not doing it to get drunk. They'd probably even say they're not doing it for the alcohol. They're doing it because they like trying different beers. They really like beer. And one becomes two and two becomes three. And then it, and then it feels like that's that's a, you know, nice amount. You, you still can drive home if you're if you, have, you can handle it well. And it feels like you're not really doing anything too bad. And there are no short-term effects of that. Someone like that, I think should this study should should hopefully raise red flags and if you look at the numbers and those percent alcohols we were talking about mm-hmm. you know it it gets into decent risk levels at that amount of drinking 
So yeah. I think that's something. I think that's the type of person who should who should you know be mindful here. And for this, for me, this more applies me to me. I will say I have one drink per day, but being in Asheville, we get visitors all the time, like all the time. It feels like one full week out of every month, maybe more. We have people visiting. And when they're here, I'll drink two drinks those days or three drinks. And, or as when those friends were here, four drinks. Um, and you go out, there's a lot of social stuff that just is at breweries and it's quite easy to have three drinks at that. Um, you might do something, one that has a drink and then still have a drink at home. I mean, it's, it's quite easy for that for me to tell myself I drink one drink per day right. when it's four days four on average, average out of a week, I'm having three or something, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that's the case, but there are times when that's been the case. Sure. And so that that also for me is like something to be aware of. I think I think it is easy to lie to yourself and think it doesn't count when you have visitors in town or when you're traveling or whatever it is. It doesn't count when it's the weekend. But you know, it does count. It all counts. And if it's and if it's happening with consistency, then then it matters. Yeah. So. So uh, I guess you know before we kind of wrap up here is. Uh, looking at these numbers looking at the study and, and thinking about how you act on average um is it gonna change how you you know how you approach alcohol no these won't what will is ha- is having gone you know had had that little stretch where i drink four glasses of wine a night for five yeah. nights or whatever it was mm-hmm. that does because then it's like i don't even want to drink for a little while but no, I think if I kept seeing enough of these studies and if I didn't see analyses like that New York Times one that says, actually, it's not quite what the headlines say. Um, really, I mean, this th- for me, it sort of cements the idea that one drink per day is totally fine. Totally being, you know, not, not quite true because I guess if you, round, if you don't round down four out of 100,000 to zero, then it's not. But, and again, I do have the, the heart disease risk, so that's kind of one reason why I kind of feel okay about it. And all the other factors I mentioned as well. I've heard people suggest that that it helps you with, especially with a plant based diet, helps you absorb those nutrients. That is suggested in the blue zones. Um, so anyway, I think one drink per day is for me. If I could just do that forever, I'd be totally fine with that. But I do think, I mean, at least for now, I hope in a lasting fashion, it makes me more mindful, and I will have two drinks instead of four, or two drinks instead of three, or whatever, on the nights out, mm-hmm. where. You know, the, the, and I don't mean the night, the big nights out. I mean the the, the nights out that happen quite frequently here, uh, and probably other places in the world, of course, other places in the world. But ever since I moved here, I just feel like it's it's just part of the part of the social fabric. So yeah. I, I'll be a little bit more careful about that for the, for the next couple of weeks, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there you go. How about you? You're going to change your behaviors, Doug? Doubtful, but um, but you know, I think I agree with you in the. All right, I'm I'm in line with you on the it just you know it's something that the more you know right the more you can kind of make educated decisions instead of just oh mm-hmm. you know another beer which is which to bring this full circle it's just like vegan meat mm-hmm. it's it's you got, if you know it's not healthy for you that's fine still eat it but just just know that it's not the best choice you can make because that that's a whole lot better than just you know ignorantly blissfully eating your vegan meat and saying i'm vegan i'm healthy this is fine i'm just eating all it's another step to say this is not good but i'm still doing it because i like it because then i think over time that that little bit of doubt or whatever um begins to become behavior change and so i i think that's that's kind of where i am with alcohol Mm -hmm. yeah so there you go there you go
I like this episode. I like for some reason I like the alcohol studies, but uh, I, I hope people enjoyed this one. Who knows? There's no there's no message that says don't drink or do drink, but yeah, no. But I hope I hope it has helped set people straight a little bit with all these headlines. Yeah, I just think it's a good thing to think about. Good thing to talk about. Me too. Yeah. One year no beer. One year no beer. That Remember that episode? episode? Yeah. I had two friends. One friend especially. One friend did that for like two or three years after after listening to us talk about it. Really. Another friend, Pete, did it for I think maybe maybe one year, and and he drinks way way less now, like a couple times a month it seems like instead of instead of the beer a day type of thing. Huh? Because they started with one year no beer, they did a month or whatever. Mm-hmm. I did my month and then I and I got back right right back on it. Right back on it. I haven't but, I haven't done it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know, well, but anyway. maybe I should. Maybe I should. Maybe this. Maybe is you the, should. Those challenges are fun. Yeah. I like challenges like that, and at, really, for me, the major benefit, as I said, is that mindset. I think I just, I just feel, it's just a nice jump start to everything else. It makes me feel way more energetic and motivated to, to do stuff. To do you know, uh, you know who, you know Eric from the Ultra Runner podcast, mm-hmm. which is another great podcast. He, you know, he used to have, and maybe still does have, like a whole craft beer section on his, on his site. Mm-hmm. Um, but he stopped drinking. He did a month off and then liked it and oh, yeah? never wow. went back. I don't know if he's still not, but you know, for several months after that, he was not drinking. Interesting. Yeah. Because I remember Mike Arnstein went on that uh, that show, and I remember the jokes about alcohol, and he, yeah, you know, Mike Arnstein said, you know, you guys do the beer thing. I don't do that. But uh, wow. So I, I assume they were pretty big drinkers. Yeah. No, I think they, they are or were. Well, there you go. Sweeping the nation. <laughs> I don't know. I think that it's probably going the opposite direction where <laughs> the, the growth of craft beer is. That's true. But but yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Good. Well, this is fun. This Hope people fun. enjoyed it. Yep. And, and what's what next, Doug? What's on Anything? the horizon? No, no announcements. Nothing. nothing. No sales pitches. Not go buy just... go buy no meat athlete stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We uh, we do have some cool things coming up, but we'll save those for later. And, and yes, uh, yeah, good about that. All right, all right. Sounds good. Talk to everyone soon. Bye bye. Bye.